keeping it all in the family. And I never tried to dissuade you, Liz. I just tried to get you to go to Meadville Lombard. So Susan had the task today of charging her beloved daughter and now her colleague with this ministry we share. And I have the task of charging all (laughs) y'all. And I don't know if some of you are relieved that it's not your mother up here in this pulpit (laughs) to charge you. But I will endeavor to hold my own. So I I carry around with me throughout the tasks of ministry this old leather binder that's all beat up that somebody gave me for my college graduation when I went off into the real world of seminary. I've carried this old thing with me to every church meeting, every conflict mediation, every district growth consultation about how to revitalize our faith that I have been to over this decade, and it is always there. It's on the table next to me, under my hand, waiting to hold my jotted notes for a thousand memorial services, or the scrawled reminders of email reminders that I should remember to send to people who remember things. And in that old notebook, so far back that I don't remember when, I jotted in black ink the words of Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, Those words fade away every couple of years, and I meticulously print them back in. Those words say, God has carved you on the palm of his hand. Now, I have no delusion that this is a message meant just for me. This is not like hands greater than any Oral Roberts imagined with the word Nancy (laughs) in some ginormous Sharpie. That's not what I'm saying. And yet somehow in the darkness or the light, the persistent idea that my name, my selfhood, my very identity is somehow present to the one who sent me. It guides my feet. It leads the way. It gives me comfort and it renews my commitment when alone I would not have the strength to do it again. It's this idea that no matter what, No matter where my path may lead me, the source from whence I come has not forgotten. And what is it that is carved on the palm of my own hand? What names of the holy are written on my soul, never to be erased? What do I carry with me no matter where I go, no matter where the calling leads? Certainly I have scrawled upon the palm of my hand the name of the source of love herself because the calling did not come from Eli and it did not come from a search committee either. But also inscribed upon my very being more deeply than I ever could have imagined when I entered the ministry are the names of all those I have served. The ones I eulogized and celebrated with. The ones with whom I jointly sweated over the budget. The ones who had honest conversations on difficult topics because we trusted one another enough to do hard work. The congregation that ordained me. Their names are always with me. To some degree, their hurts will always be mine, and so too will their hopes. They will always be inscribed upon the palm of my hand. 
I've just left the congregation that ordained me after eight years of good service together. And I swear I have hallucinations walking down the street in my neighborhood. I think I'll see a treasurer who was treasurer in 2004 and I'll wave and it's a total stranger. Or some gracious old woman is driving past me and I stop the car only to realize it's someone I buried eight years ago. They are with me all the time. And though I've left that congregation, their names and their faces and my love for them and the significance of our work, it does not fade away. Likewise, the commitment made by a congregation in extending the right of ordination to a minister does not fade with time or with circumstance. There is something deeply poetic about this power that you have to ordain, that in our tradition, the congregation and the congregation alone wields that power. It is not the denomination, it is not some middle judicatory or some muckety-mucks anywhere up on a hill. Here and only here does the mantle of ministry get placed upon the shoulders of a newborn bard of the Spirit. Here and only here. Thus, you, Hope Unitarian Church, have a power that is blessed and unique in this world. Only you. Among all the congregations and all the institutions and all the individuals that Elizabeth will serve in her lifetime, only you are the people who have the power to give her this ordination. And your fingerprints are upon her ministry in every place that it goes. Elizabeth's life in ministry stretches out into the coming decades in which she will likely serve not only you but our wider movement as well. But you and nobody else are the ones who begin it. It's your blessing that commences the reaching span of her contribution to this movement. And I charge you, this is your first charge of two, Susan. I only have two. (laughs) Your charge is to be proud of yourselves. Knowing that everywhere she goes, Hope Unitarian Church is carved upon the palm of her hand, just as she inevitably is carved upon yours. Today, you bless not only your congregation, but Unitarian Universalism as a whole with the beginning of this powerful ministry, and you should be so proud. And not only Elizabeth and her family, but all of us who love this faith are grateful to you for it. At this time in your congregational life, it is really fun around here, isn't it? You are blessed with the ministry that energizes you. You are blessed with the sense of congregational vitality that will lead you forward and help you take risks This is what you should be doing, and this is the crux of my second charge to you. Allow the great fun you're having, the vibrancy of this moment, and your faith in Elizabeth to deepen and to grow into greater faith in the ministry to which she is called. Now, let me tell you, when I first came to the congregation that I was ordained at, People would ask me, as they are wont to do, hey, so how's it going in my first few months? And I would hear myself over and over again saying, they really love me, but I'm not too sure they like ministers. Now, that's not all they were. They were a whole lot of other things, a thousand of them deeply blessed. And in that place, authority felt complicated. 
People in general suspected ministers were a bit too pushy. They were, in a word, suspicious. And they were always looking for the way in which the minister, nay, the professional ministry, would let them down. But they loved me. At first, almost in spite of the fact that I happened to be a minister. (laughs) They loved me, not as a representative of the ministry, but as this person they could trust and who led them. They loved me. And it was my job, my solemn obligation to remind them that it is not possible for a congregation to separate me from the ministry that is at the core of my being. And you know where I'm going with this. You don't get Elizabeth without getting a minister, too. (laughs) You do not get to love her and be suspicious of ministers, at least not for long. Because this fine minister and this young woman whom you treasure, they are one and the same, and they don't come apart that way. The congregation that ordained me was kind to me. They listened to me. And they thrived under my leadership. And by the time I left not so long ago, I like to believe that they not only trusted me, but had greater faith in ministry as well. Thus, a big portion of the legacy I tried to leave them was the chance to believe in this ministry in which I am so honored to serve. You are served by a powerful and committed young minister. You are served by a powerful and committed ministry. This is what you deserve. This is what you yearn for, and this is what you should get. And this opportunity present today to love Elizabeth and celebrate her is also an opportunity to love and celebrate the institution to which you are so graciously ordaining her. Be proud of yourselves today. Her ministry is a gift to this congregation And this act of ordination, which only you can bestow as a gift to our movement, even more deeply, your growing faith in the ministry itself is a gift to the future of this congregation. To all those who will walk through these doors 10, 20, 30 years from now and find here a place where people love each other and treasure the ministry and hold sacred the legacy of all those who came before, including Jim and including Elizabeth and including all those who have served and have worked and have labored in these vineyards. God has carved you on the palm of his hand, Hope Unitarian Church. You are known and you are beloved. Upon your own hands are carved the memories and legacies of a lifetime, among them the shining memory of this beautiful day. May that memory and that faith transform you and guide you wherever you may go.